Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to head straight off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and go to Daily Faceoffs. Frank Saravalli for Horse Racing Alberta. Live standard bed racing back at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino every Friday and Saturday. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Frank is... I'm going to read the tweet. He's just put it out right now. Sounds like Seattle Kraken's defenseman Carson Soucy will be hitting the open market on Saturday. The two sides had cordial discussions, but at this point, no indication in Seattle keeping them. Uh, Carson's father is Mike Soucy. Uh, They're out in Irma. Uh, Jerry Johansson is coming up at 1 o'clock, uh, and myself are heading out to Irma on July the 7th for an event. We're looking forward to it there, and we welcome back to the show. Uh, the one and only Frank Cervalli, who was on the uh, NHL Awards show last night. Frank, you're not going to believe this. I missed it. The the three minutes of the night I, I watched all the awards, I missed you on there. But how, how was that experience for you? It was, it was fun. Uh, a little bit different than what I'm used to, but perhaps you saved yourself the visual of me getting sprayed with milk. Uh, which, yeah, that was that was something. Yeah, they uh, they seem to have a thing about uh, broadcasters eating and drinking, don't they? Yeah, and look, I, I hate to say that I perpetuated the stereotype of a sports writer eating fried chicken at a sporting event, but uh, nonetheless, here we are. You know, I uh, not well, I could say it. Uh, Cam Moon and myself. Uh, so when Jack, Jack and Louie and Cam and myself are privileged enough to to travel on the plane, we sit um, directly behind where the food is. So we're in the first row, and then the food's in front of us. And I don't know how many times guys have had a laugh at my expense, and I'm like, hey, as long as there's Bailey's in it, I'm fine. But we are as quiet as church mice on that plane. Like, I don't say a word. I, you know, because, like, you get it, right, Frank? Like, I'm hosting a show during the day, broadcasting the game at night. I don't need to talk anymore. Like, I'm done talking. Uh, so I, I know the feeling. I'm tired of hearing myself talk, and that's why I'm looking forward to Sunday. There you go. All right. Uh, where do we start here? Let's start with the Montreal Canadiens just making a deal right now to yep. acquire Alex Newhook, who was a Colorado first-rounder in 2019. Uh, Newhook was an RFA. Chris McFarland uh, had previously acquired Ryan Johansson at half price. Um, but the Canadians wanting somebody maybe in their age spear, would you say? And Newhook fits the bill. And does that take Montreal potentially out of the mix on PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois? So it does take them 
out of the mix, and I'm told that the Montreal Canadiens had checked in with the Winnipeg Jets before making the sale for Newhook. Also, as a way to just say, hey, I know you were interested in roster players. Is there any chance that if we get Newhook that he might interest you? And nonetheless, I think the conversation was pretty short, which gives you a real indication of just how far down the track the Jets and Pierre-Luc Dubois are on this trade. It's not just the trade itself and the pieces coming back. It's also the um, the negotiation on what will be a true sign-and-trade, an eight-year deal that first must be executed by the Jets, and Dubois needs to be on their cap, and then also get traded to the Kings, who also need to have room on their cap for this new contract. There's tagging space. There's all sorts of things that make this a little bit of a complex deal, but um, that's essentially where they're at. So, yes, it uh, does take the the Habs out of the running for Pierre-Luc Dubois at the end of today or tomorrow or whenever it might be. Uh, the expectation is that Dubois will land in Los Angeles. And for the Habs, they get another player that they think not just fits their age scheme, but is someone that can do more. The Habs were a little bit underwhelmed with Newhook so um, getting, an oppor- <laughs> getting, getting an opportunity to play center on a team that needed it. They were hoping he'd be able to step up and maybe in an environment that not there's going to be less pressure, but in terms of uh, coming in and, and making an impact, maybe changing you know, the setting, that'll help get Newhook back on track. So they get a, Colorado gets a late number one and an early number two. Frank, do you know what the number is going to be for Dubois? What are we looking at on an eight-year extension? It's going to be expensive. I, I, I think it's going to be a number that starts with an eight. Okay. Um, so you're looking at sixty plus million dollars, um, and yeah, it's it's certainly not going to be cheap by any standard. You know, this is a guy that I think I at least have some question about in terms of his consistency. When he's on, he's I'm with you. such a valuable piece. I'm with you. He's he can be a power forward. He can be a, an impact guy, a thirty thirty guy. How high is the ceiling? You know, the the talent is there. But getting that to show up all 82 nights a year instead of just 50 is the tough part that the Kings are going to have to drag out of him. So uh, Dubois represents... I actually have a question for you. Yes. And my question is, with L.A. being able to load up and go Kopitar, Dubois, Dano down the middle, does this change at all the balance of power in the Pacific? Well, Vegas is in the Pacific, and they have uh, uh, who are their top three centers? Uh, Eichel, uh, Carlson at center. Their fourth line center, Nikola Wall, was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. The Oilers have McDavid. Three million bucks, good. Who, Nikola Wall? Yeah, I was wondering if he might be a potential cap casualty. I doubt it, but I yeah. just wondered if is he maybe a little expensive for what who we, who he is we, in their lineup. Brendan, who are we missing at center for Vegas? We got Eichel. We got Carlson. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, we've got Waugh. Who are we missing? Is there the, the, sort of the, we're missing another guy. I mean, I look, I think there's a strong, I mean, I heard somebody in Toronto suggest, actually, I didn't hear it. Somebody referenced it to me saying that, oh, Vegas has got the, the best three centers in the, uh, in, the, uh, in, in the West. And I'm like, well, wait a sec here now. What? 
I mean, did they miss ninety-seven and twenty-nine? Well, that's, two of the best players on the planet, let alone down the middle. Well, I, I and, and I know the other thing is, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let let people know this. So there's a guy in town. Uh, I mentioned him once on the show today. Because we talked about Ryan McLeod, and this guy's name is Darcy McLeod, A.K. Wood guy, and he's putting a piece out uh, probably next week about McLeod. He does a, basically he shows how competitive guys are against the best players. And Ken Holland just said, you know, on our show yesterday, how well McLeod's played in the last two playoffs. And I think there's room to grow there. And they still have the option of Nugent Hopkins at center. Um, I, hey, it's a fair comment. L.A. would be good at center. But the Oilers are good at center, too, Frank, and you know that. So I I, yep. I, I thought you were going to ask me the other question about L.A. You tell me this. Which is what? Well, uh, I would have said that I would have been – I'm less worried now about Los Angeles as a potential team that might want to try to entice Leon Dreisaitl if they go get Dubois. That's an interesting way to look at it. I hadn't even considered the idea of Leon Dreisaitl playing anywhere except for the YEG. So, I, I, look, man, I'm with you, Frank. Me. I'm with you, but we're two years out. As long as Connor McDavid's there, I don't, I don't see him going anywhere. Well, where else can they play together, Frank? There's only one place they can play together. That's exactly right. Right. So there you go. Uh, oh, I miss. Hey, thank you very much, my uh, <laughs> my brother-in-law. I, I missed a pretty significant center for Vegas. Chandler Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, just an all-star, not a big deal. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, somebody texts me and says, yeah, the guy in Toronto says if they get Dubois, LA's going to have the best centers in the Pacific, and I'm like, well, the orders have to David Bob's uh, not even the smartest hockey guy in his own family. Oh, uh, no, trust me, Tom is not the smartest hockey guy in my family. Just kidding, Tommy. All right, so uh, he played lacrosse, though, which just reinforces that he's not that smart. Because if you play lacrosse, you have to be a little bit crazy. It's kind of like guys that play rugby, Frank. You know, you know what they. Hey, you're say, talking right? to a pretty decent high school lacrosse player. Oh, you were a, a, a decent high school lacrosse player. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Well, okay. They were all. I'm going to say is in the Southside Athletic Club, the guys that played lacrosse, they were always the tougher guys. There was no debate about it, as opposed to the kids that did play lacrosse all right so we got the we got the jets uh hellebuck is there not as much of a market for goaltenders right now because there's so much fluidity in the goaltending situation around the league you got gibson potentially in play what about jari um where you know where's your where's your head space at with that it's not just the fluidity of the market and the avail- availability of players it's also the idea that whoever is acquiring Connor Alibach has to pay him. And that's really where the equation, the calculation begins to get difficult because, you know, you can look at it and say, yeah, there's a lot of teams out there that would crave to have the stability and confidence that Hellebuck brings in net. But are you willing to not only pay the acquisition price to get him, are you also willing to pay eight and a half, nine, nine and a half million dollars a year for the next seven, eight years, whatever it might be. That's a tough, it's not just a tough ask. It's also, you're probably involving on a contending team having to carve out that much money or close to it on your cap in order to make it work. So I think we're dealing with a really limited list of teams. And I think the other tough part for the Winnipeg Jets is sort of like Pierre-Luc Dubois if he's only offering you one place to go or he's only directing your team to one place, 
what the Jets have lost in this equation is control and leverage. And that's a really tough place to be when you have what you view as some of the premier players at their position on the market. Yeah, absolutely. What did you think of the Taylor Hall trade to Chicago? Um, I actually like it from both sides. And the reason for that is the Bruins are able to create some much-needed flexibility and space. They clearly want to try and take a run at Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, he's younger. He's more productive. Uh, it just makes sense. Probably unpalatable to, to trade Taylor Hall for nothing, um, but he's in a luxury that they couldn't afford. And then from the Blackhawks' perspective, their goal or idea heading into the summer after getting the number one overall pick is to, first off, they need to spend to get to the floor, and second, they want to find the right pieces to surround Connor Bedard with as support pieces. They were planning on kind of overspending to get to that floor, to bring in the curated selections that they wanted to. And so to be able to get Taylor Hall for two years at $6 million, not only do you have someone that can relate to the position that Bedard's in being a top pick, but also just navigating life in the NHL, the expectations that come with it. And you could use him for one year, and in a year's time from now, you could be having a conversation about sending Taylor Hall somewhere for 50 cents on the dollar and really cashing in later after you've had a chance to, you know, even at this deadline upcoming next trade deadline, you could move Taylor Hall if he wants you to after giving him the experience around Bedard. So lots of options for the Blackhawks who then, of course, signing Nick Foligno today to a little bit of an inflated contract one-year deal. You have to entice players to come to rebuilding teams and sell them on the idea of it. And if you have extra cap space and need to get to the floor anyway, you might as well pick the leaders that you want. Kyle Davidson from Sudbury. You've got Nick Foligno and the Foligno family from Sudbury. Clearly pretty comfortable with that fit. going to tell you this right now. Connor Bedard will score 35-plus goals if he gets a full season in in Chicago. He has that sort of finishing ability. So I had John Paddock, the Regina Pats GM and head coach on my pod a few weeks ago, and he said 30-30 is a very reasonable and attainable number as a target to set for Connor Bedard. Uh, Frank Cervalli. I think it's going to be higher than that. So, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think he'll get 35-plus. Frank Cervalli for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. He had an update last night after the awards. Uh, Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames. Are we talking about, like, an eight-year deal at $10.5 million here? Can you see it going that high? No, not that high. I think the neighborhood that he's living in is somewhere in the same ballpark as... Bo Horvat and Dylan Larkin. And I think maybe the Calgary Flames would be willing to pay a small premium to get Lindholm and keep him. But I, I mean, 10 and a half is sort of next level. Um, not that. I don't quite. No, I don't think it's going to be that high. So I think even they understand that there's a limitation on that. And they're waiting for an answer. They want to know are you coming or are you not? Do you want to be a Calgary Flame? That's the big question. And. To this point, he hasn't been able to answer it. Alex Debrinkit, who uh, played with Connor McDavid, and we're going to talk about another guy that played with Connor McDavid in a second, but uh, played a year with Connor. Uh, three-time 50-plus goal scorer for Chris Knobloch. Where's he going to end up here? Detroit? Detroit, I think, a possibility. Um, 
I think this is another one of those situations where we just talked about Dubois and Hellebuck and some of these guys that are either pending RFAs or are, you know, one year from now pending UFAs. They have so much control and say in the decision. I think the idea of Alex Dabrinkit going back to Michigan um, is a pretty intriguing and enticing thought for him, uh, being that's where he's from. But I also think that there's a number of other teams out there that are sort of, you know, in contender mode or contention mode that are saying, hey, this is a guy that might be able to fit with us and at his age fit for a long time, probably also in the $8 million range after two 40-plus goal seasons in his career where he's still got a lot to add. Frank, uh, we talked about uh, last week uh, Connor Brown. He's going to have lots. Of, he's going to have lots of options, and uh, we discussed this with Elliot as well. Probably with term, uh, and that might take him out of the mix in Edmonton, doesn't it? I don't want to say it's totally going to take him out of the mix, but basically, the, the the easiest way I can explain it is this: if Connor Brown is passing on the Oilers, or let's say let's phrase it in a different way: if Connor Brown is picking to come to the Edmonton Oilers, he's going to be leaving a lot of money on the table. That's the sense that the, the marketplace has brought yep. is a multi-year, three, four deal, three, four years, you know, three to four million dollars a year wow. that teams don't seem to be afraid of the the knee injury. They, they feel pretty confident about it. And Brown's been confident in his recovery. That put yourself in his shoes 100%. and situation I'd have a hard time knowing that I'm, you know, one knee injury away from never playing again, potentially, after what you've just been through. Like, I'd have a hard time leaving 12 million bucks on the table or whatever the number might be just for one year, as magical as it might be to play with Connor McDavid and as much more money as it might make you. Sometimes the pull of that security is is tough to overcome. All right. Uh, Look, we'd be remiss. Uh, You're the head of the Professional Professional Hockey Writers Association. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there was uh, one, uh, we're not going to use the word dissident. Everybody's allowed to have their opinion. It was interesting that a Pittsburgh-based writer elected not to have Connor McDavid. Um, What was it? How many, uh, first of all, what, what do you got, 166 voters? The P, uh, we had a, we had 200 that we sent ballots to, and 196 voted on the trophies. Okay. So Connor McDavid got 195 first place votes, no second place votes, no third, no fourth, and one fifth place vote. And as we just released on our website, Seth Rohrbaugh from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review is the guy that voted Connor McDavid in the fifth spot. Um, Look, I think you go down a dangerous path when you start to tell people what to do and who to vote for and and how to think. I think we've seen this all play out in society Uh uh, over the last 10-plus years, and that's not a conversation that I want to engage in. I personally uh, clearly don't see eye-to-eye with his selection or thought process, but I'd be curious and I'm open to hearing his argument as to why he ended up where he did. And 
that's about all I can say. Yeah, and you know, Frank, look, I share the same sentiment with you in terms of people are entitled to have their own, own opinions. The thing that makes it even stranger for me is uh, I saw Seth when Edmonton was in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, that was the night the Penguins were booed off the ice in the second period. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle called the dogs off, as did Jay Woodcroft. Edmonton was up 6-1 after two. I'm just wondering what he saw that night. <laughs> like, like McDavid was the first star. He had two goals and four points. But it's happened before. There was a writer in Colorado one year that didn't have McDavid on his ballot, and McDavid was the first star in all three games against Colorado. So, uh, Look, right? I'm tired of being told what to think on social media and what to feel and everything oh, Frank, else. you're wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy that sits here now and says – Seth Rohrball is wrong that because he views it a different right. way that he doesn't have a right to make a vote or anything like that. That's where you start to wade into dangerous territory and certainly never a position that we're going to be in. This is quite literally why you vote. Let me uh, let me say this to you, Frank. There are certain times, though, when uh, you, you have to acknowledge that you're not right, you know, when it comes to making decisions in your family household. My father told me when I got married, just remember, uh, let your wife make all the small decisions and you make the big decisions and understand there are no big decisions. There you go. Hey, try to uh, mix in the water uh, in Nashville. Yeah, got to hydrate. Okay, thanks. Gotta hey, thanks for doing the show, Frank. See you, Bob. See ya. One, uh, no, 12.53 at Edmonton. We're going to take a quick time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, I got to read this text at 1255 because the guy sent it to me two days in a row. It's from a fella in Lloydminster, uh, does not have his name here. Uh, he's quoted the Oilers uh, numbers under Connor McDavid, goals against in the regular season and goals against in the playoffs. So he's provided me that, that for a number of years. He goes, Bob, four coaches, two GMs later, still the same issue. The Oilers are uh, not close. And there, he says there. Uh, pretenders. Uh, they are pretenders. Tweaking bottom six forwards is not a solution. If you can get to bring it to sign with the Oilers for eight times eight and a half million and send Dreisaitl to Ottawa, I would do that in a heartbeat. Stanley Cup champion. Uh, uh, the Oilers would be Stanley Cup champion, says this texter. It says Stanley Cup champion in Lloyd Minster. What? So you're saying that the Oilers give up too many goals against... And your solution is to get Alex Dabrinkit from the Ottawa Senators and trade Leon Dreisaitl. Really? Wow, that's an interesting... I mean, I love Alex Dabrinkit. I do. Do we not think that Leon Dreisaitl carries more significance as a player? As a, like, I get it. He had a tough game six 
against Vegas. They did a good job, and Aiden Hill stopped a whole bunch of pucks, and what should have been probably a 4-3 game ended up being a 5-2 game with an empty netter. Oilers outshot Vegas 40-22. Oilers outshot Vegas 75-53 in the final two games of the series, but they didn't win. I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I mean, Brendan, what do you think? Like, does De, does trading dry settle for Debrinket win the Edmonton Oilers the Stanley Cup? Maybe he's an Ottawa Senators fan. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know who takes face-offs for Edmonton in most, if not every, critical situation if you let go of Leon Dreisaitl. That's one of the sillier suggestions. Yeah, you know, uh, first and second team All-Stars. Look, they've got the reigning Hart, uh, Lindsay, uh, Rocket Richard, and Art Ross Trophy winner. They've got first and second team All-Star centers. They've got all-rookie goaltender, the best power play we've ever seen. There's a lot here to build on and to continue to grow out. Some guests and winners now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris is open Tuesday through Sunday from uh, noon to, or from 5 until, uh, well, until close. And uh, the Oilers Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We have an update from, uh, of course, Trent Brown. Uh, Won a great cup with the Edmonton Eskimos. By the way, uh, do you know who split safety duty at that time? It was kind of a quirky name relative to a TV show that was out there. Think of a show that had the last name Brown in it. Murphy Brown. They had a safety named Dan Murphy, and then Trent came in the mix, and they were they sort of flip flop between starting safeties. Uh, Trent winning a 1993 Grey Cup, and we have an update from Elks practice on who the starting quarterback is getting first unit reps. Morley Scott has just tweeted out. Yeah, Jarrett Daggy, who did finish the game at quarterback against Toronto, is as expected getting these first team reps with uh, with the group down at Commonwealth today. I don't know if he's got the same hose of an arm that Taylor does, but he looks. Uh, like he's got something, and wow. they need something right now. <laughs> he spent some time around Chris Jones. That's a, a, a definitely a Tennessee uh, reference to the hose. That guy's got a hose <laughs> for an arm. There you go. Uh, the Orders Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown. It's this simple. 250 years of experience. They give you the best results. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn. Jerry Johansson from the Sports Corporation when we return on Orders Now.